Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max. Today's episode, we're gonna it is part two of our Ant-Man series. Today's film is gonna be 2018's Ant-Man and the Wasp. This is the sequel to uh, the Ant-Man film that came out in 2015. And, of course, we have everybody return to this film. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, um, Michael Douglas, Bobby Cannaval, uh, T.I., Michael Pena, and all these characters have all returned. And were introduced to a pretty cool collection of new characters. We have Lawrence Fishburne and... Michelle Pfeiffer joining the cast and crew, which is really cool because that was something that was a little bit unexpected. We knew there was going to be a backstory surrounding certain characters. And then, of course, we're also introduced to um, uh, Abby Ryder Fortson, who plays the protagonist of the, of the antagonist of the film, uh, Ghost. Now, this film picks up I want to say maybe a few years after the events of Captain America Civil War, but it's right before uh, the events of, uh, well, it takes place years after the events of Captain America Civil War, and it happens at the same time of the events of Avengers Infinity War. So we're a little bit caught up on this timeline. So... In this particular film, after what happened in Civil War, after Scott Lang has become an accomplice of Captain America, who is now a war criminal, uh, Scott is on house arrest, and um, he can't leave his home for, I think it's about two years, in which he has about maybe a few days left. He's on his last week, so to speak. So, you know, it's always kind of cool to see him do that. But uh, at the during the the one of the scenes in kept in uh the first ant-man he goes subatomic and he enters the quantum realm without knowing and it's that little time he's there that he starts to have visions of someone trying to communicate with him he doesn't understand who it is and he's leaving voicemails for michael douglas and uh Evangeline Lilly, and they believe it is their uh, dead mother or dead mother and wife. You know, Hope Van Dyne, or not Hope Van Dyne, Janet Van Dyne, who is played by Michelle Pfeiffer. And I think the idea that there's hope for to reunite this family is there. But what they don't know, in order for them to kind of replicate, in order for them to kind of uh, go back to subatomic in a way that is most fitting, they need the help of Bill Foster, an old colleague of, of, of Hank Pym, who's played by Lawrence Fishburne. What he doesn't know is that he's got his own little project going on called Ghost, and that's a whole nother story. And for some reason, I think for some reason, now that I think about it, having watched this, having just now watched this, the Ant-Man and the Wasp, it, this movie kind of is all over the place, so to speak. You have the return slash debut of Janet Van Dyne, who we 
a thought was dead because, you know, she went subatomic and there's no way for her to get back. But then when Paul Rudd goes subatomic in the first Ant-Man film, he's able to communicate with her in a way that is really, really weird. And they bring her back. But then you have this other stuff going on with Lawrence Fishburne and and uh, Abby Ford, who, you know, she has powers of being able to, you know, walk through walls and, you know, they call her, they, it's called Project Ghost and all this other stuff. And Bill Foster, who in the comic book is Goliath, a villain of Ant-Man and everything like that. So it's kind of all over the place. But I honestly thought because the way they set this film up, the way it's, the way it was advertised was this was supposed to be a little bit darker than, um, this was supposed to be a little bit darker than the first Ant-Man. And I honestly thought this was going to be a lot darker in tone than it was supposed to be. And it really wasn't. I think that was probably my first disappointment with this film is the fact that it didn't shift tones. It still kind of was that little family-friendly, you know, hunky-dory comedy show with Paul Rudd. I'm not saying Paul Rudd is not funny, but and I'm not saying Paul Rudd is unlikable, but... You know, usually when we go into a new character, when we go into something a little bit darker and what we're than what we've all been experiencing, that's kind of the way to go with sequels. You can keep the same concept or keep the same storyline and everything like that. But I always felt that the certain sequels go darker for a reason, you know, and especially in the MCU. Like if you look at from Captain America, the first Avenger to the Winter Soldier, that was a huge dip in quality not a dip not in a bad way but it, it it went from a darker tone it went from america's first superhero the avenger the first avenger to the winter soldier where he wakes up 70 years later and he's now got to do like a spy espionage type mission and doesn't really know who to trust and all this other stuff and you know a lot of this stuff that happened now in certain MCU films, it works. Like, it works with The Winter Soldier. I think it works a little bit with Age of Ultron. It worked somewhat in Iron Man 2. And then other times, it kind of fails altogether. You know, Thor The Dark World wasn't that good. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I didn't think was that good. And then now, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know, I thought it should have been a lot darker than what it sh than what it was, and the convoluted the convoluted storylines, and then kind of telling two different stories at one time, and it was different. It was really weird, hard to keep up with. But overall, I think what makes the movie entertaining is the is honestly is Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, of course, the scenes with Michael Douglas are great. The the chemistry he has with Am uh, Evangeline Lilly is also great. The fact that Michael Pena and and Ti are all back, that's always cool and everything like that. Like it, it, it Paul Rudd isn't is such a likable character that you know you rooting for Scott, you know, for Scott to kind of get through this and everything like that. But it's you know they they kind of put him in precarious situations that are just kind of all over the place and. It really didn't have to do all that. Like, if he was going to go up against Goliath and Ghost, that would have been fine. But the fact that he has this, you know, side plot line with Janet Van Dyne was a little bit... I, I, I like that one. But, you know, and then they brought in another character, which I don't even remember his name. But I was like, all right, this is just too much. 
is too much trying to do everything too much trying to trying to be something that you're not like it's okay to go that route but just, but it's got to make sense you know i was expecting this to be a lot darker i'm a i'm a i know i've said that a lot but i was just expecting this film to be a little bit darker than what it was and even though the film was a bit of a letdown compared to the first one um it still it still has a lot of its entertaining moments and everything like that like i love the opening bit with him and his daughter you know when they 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 perform a heist and they have that little roller coaster inside the house i thought that was amazing i love that between the the bond that he has with him and his daughter that's always great and i'm looking forward to seeing how they do that with uh with quantum mania so hopefully that 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 kind of carries over but Overall, this wasn't a bad film, but it wasn't a good film, if that makes sense. Like, I haven't seen Quantumania yet. I'm planning to see it this weekend. It came out today, so I'm going to withhold judgment. But this was probably one of my least favorite MCU films. Uh, it's not as bad as, like, Captain Marvel or or Thor The Dark World or by any means. But it, it wasn't as good as the first Ant-Man, if that makes sense. Uh, so it's kind of stuck in the middle. It's not a bad movie, but it's not a good movie either. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, overall, this movie could have been a whole lot better. It should have been a whole lot better, but that's going to go ahead and do it for today's episode. If you like the episode, be sure to follow the podcast on all podcast outlets, whether it's Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, Reddit, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets, uh, Instagram and Twitter, the Madhouse Twenty One. Um, tell me what you guys thought about uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Have you seen it? What did you think about it? Where do you rank it as far as MCU films? And then, of course, where do you rank it as far as the Ant Man films? Are you excited for Quantum Mania? Whatever the case may be, let me know. Instagram and Twitter, the Madhouse Twenty One. Uh, be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out. Um, we have uh, Last of Us Episode 6 drops on Sunday. WWE Elimination Chamber drops on Saturday. Uh, and then, of course, Quantum Mania is already out today. So uh, we're trying to, I'm trying to see if I can get episodes out uh, as quickly as I can. So just be patient with me. The first chance that I get to go see Quantum Mania, uh, I, will, uh, I will do a quick review and everything like that. I won't give anything away, but... The sooner I see it, the sooner I can get an episode out for you guys. Uh, so just be patient, but be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out. And of course, as always, guys, be sure to embrace your inner madness.